Does it sound familiar? Do you think that they've been planning this for more than a couple days? What's next? Our great civilization has come upon a moment of reckoning. They already took your free speech. They already muzzled you. The wealthy got super wealthy. This is not about freedom or personal choice. Number one bullshit guy. He do the wee woo wee woo. And the average everyday American got used as a pawn in their sick little game. I'm telling you right now, you're a slave. You want to know what the biggest problem is in our country? You're an inconvenience to all of these people. Welcome back to another episode of Conservative Daily Podcast. We are your hosts, Joe <laughs> Oltman. And hey. I'm Apollo. The artist, the artist formerly known as Gregory Pappas. Number one bullshit guy. <laughs> it's too early. It's too early, Joe. <laughs> well, hey, look, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you DJ here for a minute. We have and we were talking before we came we went live, right? So hit the rumble button, by the way. I'm gonna have you all hit the rumble button. And uh, we were talking with our guest. And I have to tell you, this guy, we're gonna have a lot of fun with this guy. Oh yeah. We're gonna we're gonna have lots and lots of fun. And oh, we're gonna talk you missed him talking about the difference between South African dialects before you got on. Okay, here. we're not doing that. We're we're gonna we're not gonna give any sound bites not that dialects. get him in trouble. It was accents, All accents. Right. I misspoke. I got some good accents. I remember remember my leprechaun accent. Unfortunately, yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't very good. Uh, but who's our guest today? Our guest is Doctor Tao Braun. Uh, I was very happy to connect with him. Uh, he actually sent a letter to the FBI that we're going to talk about uh, in June of 2021. Uh, we've we've been hearing about a lot of really interesting theories about COVID. The, he's a clinical that we, psychologist, so yes, he knows a, he can get into my brain a little bit. Yes, he's a so. clinical psychologist uh, focusing on integrative psychology and wellness. He also uh, consults for national. Uh, I'm sorry. He's a national counterterrorism and emergency management SME. Trains educational institutions and advises healthcare facilities, corporations, including Fortune 500, state and federal government organizations in violence prevention strategies and crisis response, threat management, active attacker prevention and response, counterterrorism, and crisis leadership. Uh, he's a really, really badass dude. So without further ado, I'd like to bring Dr. Tao Braun on. Welcome to the show, Dr. Tao. Thank you. And, and I have a question for Joe. Do I need to do this interview with the uh, superhero voice that you started the show with where I'm like, hey, everybody, I hey am everybody. the Tao Variant. The Variant. Okay, well, we're, we're going to have a little bit of humor in the middle of some really good information. So everyone pay attention, just strap in because we're going to be talking about a little wee-woo here. I gotta tell you also, uh, uh, Paulo, um, I was gonna, I was gonna give you a hard time in terms of butchering my, uh, you know, my supreme uh, 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 credentials, and and then you made up for it by just calling me badass. So I'm like, all right, this guy's my friend. <laughs> and you know what? I was, I was thinking about all the all the various things that people are confused about in terms of like, okay, so there's this guy, and why is he? You know, why is this? Uh, formally trained clinical psychologist where I have to be very careful to even call myself a clinical psychologist because once you move to another country and if those degrees don't allow you to practice that, then you're not allowed to be that anymore. So like a plumber that comes from another country to here, um, like, but until he's registered as a plumber, like he's not a plumber anymore. He's just a guy that knows about pipes. 
And it's the same thing with like a gastroenterologist who also knows about pipes and he can't go and practice, uh, you know, do a colonoscopy somewhere. And so it gets even more confusing that for people where it's like, there's this guy who's a psychologist who's in counterterrorism, who's just explaining us like to us how TATP works. And we, we have no yeah. idea why we would even know that. And, and he's also the guy that we just saw that was involved in, you know, um, debriefing a whole bunch of people after a shooting somewhere. And so it's like, I really confuse people, which is good. Um, it's part of the reason I have the beard. Um, because a beard is part of a disguise from a, you know, mentioned psychology, you know, a beard is a way of, um, of actually, um, you know, uh, hiding behind your real emotions. So what you're going to, what you're going to see today is, um, is the emotions of a guy who's absolutely, um, both relieved, excited, but, but so annoyed and frustrated that it got to the point of being so long before this venom information around COVID could come out. That, that I literally, I, I, at this point, I feel like partially, wait, I should use the word Pierre Corey used for, uh, for Dr. Otis. Uh, I could help Pierre Corey along and just say, you know, I, I, I seem really manic. <laughs> I'm like, okay, if you call me manic about information that's going to save lives, you may get punched in the face. It just might happen. Uh, <laughs> I freaking yeah. love you this guy. You guys should have met a long time ago. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's my brother from another mother right here with me. Uh, I mean, let, let me let me tell you why that that I'm particularly picking on Pierre Corey um, because I think Corey is freaking awesome and he's done amazing work during this time and he's a true patriot and he's gone to bat for the country. And then there was a phone call I had with him and I think it was like late 2020 when when he was on this ivermectin review board. There were only three of us in the in the entire U.S. that already understood that ivermectin was needed and and I'd already started looking at the mechanisms. And in that call, I, I spoke about that this is an envenomation. And I spoke about this, this, this venom that I'd found on the spike protein. And I didn't find it. It comes from a paper where we can drop the citation in terms of this great group of people that looked at the genomic sequence and they found venom. And then they, you know, they said, oh, shit, like, look at this. There's venom on this thing. And so I bring it to people's attentions from, from you know, I think mid-2020 around then. And Corey knew about it. And a bunch of, of, of people in his circle also knew about it. But they all just didn't understand or didn't care or didn't believe. And so they sat on crucial information. Now they pissed because, like, they look like idiots. And they're not. They're friggin' geniuses. But it's okay to miss something, right? That's why we're a team. But then don't don't start picking on people that have brought out crucial information. Like he literally said Brian Artis was like manic or something. And I was like, seriously, the reason that ivermectin works is it because binds to the same receptors right. that the venom. Right. So I'm like, Corey should be excited about this. Like now he's got an even better way than saying, hey, you know, viruses are parasites and this is an antiparasitic. Like does. <laughs> That's where the ivermectin conversation should have ended. A virus, by definition, is a parasite. And so, Dr. Tao, uh, before yeah, we move yeah. on to, to more of that, I want to I want to stop you because there's like a I think a crisis of of terminology going on, and so a lot of things that uh, have been said are okay. Dr. Artis is saying they're just like dumping snake venom into the into the water lines or something like that. So, can you define what you mean by snake venom? Because I, I know there's there's a lot of theories on that. I don't think it's sure. necessarily in the water supply, but what what well, no, it could it could be in the it water supply. I'm not saying it couldn't yeah, be. It could be in the water yeah, supply. Yeah, but yeah. But well, regarding the, the virus, I want to make sure that your audience, like a couple of people, I've had to do this like verbally and emails and whatever else. I might have to start wearing like some form of social signaling or something. Like I am not Brian Otis. 
Like I don't look like Brian Otis. I don't sound like Brian Otis. But people have already like started using like the preferred pronoun for both of us as like them or us. Like there is no us. Like I, I didn't know this guy. I didn't know this guy. He was on a C19 group where I spoke about the venom, and then there was a whole bunch of fortuitous moments for this guy like four months ago. And then he went back to my notes, and he was like, "Holy, you know, beep." Um, like this guy was onto this stuff too. There's two of us. We know this stuff. And this guy's like been plowing through the venom. And he called me on the way to the Stupidas interview. Like he called me and he was like, Doc, like this is crazy. And, da, 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 da. and and did you know this about it? And he was so excited about it that he sounded manic. So I'm going to keep going on to this manic thing, right? And so basically like that's how I know Brian Artis. And then I met with him. We had another moment where um, he happened to be um, around where I was until we met up. And I went through um, I went through some of this information together, and uh, and then basically um, it now we need to separate ourselves up because I have similar information to him on some things and completely different opinion on other things. So uh, it's important that we do that. Um, well, I, I will say that, that your direct question around the venom and terminology is that so. There is a great optical illusion that people can look at by the uh, uh, philosopher, but Beth Gettenstein, I think you pronounce it, and it's the duck rabbit optical illusion. Um, I don't know if you want to pull that up or, you know, just um, people will know it if they Google it. And the thing about that is some great research showed that some people can only see the duck and some people can see the rabbit. But the, what, what they first tried, and, and this should be like a duh moment, is they did an experiment like, if you keep repeating this and you show people more of it, like it doesn't help them to see the other creature that they're not seeing. And the answer is like, duh, no, it doesn't. There it is. Okay. Some people can see a duck. Some people can see a rabbit and some people instantly see both. I see both. Now, if you see like your mom chasing you down the hallway with a knife, like I, like that's your problem. <laughs> I was going right? to say that next. That was my next thing. I, I can see the slippers she used to hit me with. Yeah, exactly. It's not a Rorschach test, right? Like, if that's the costume that you found your dad in in the kitchen once, not my problem. Okay. So, so basically, the, the way to build the way to build context um, with it is that you don't just repeat like, "Oh, that's a duck and a rabbit," and why can't you see it, you dumb fool? What you do is you build context around it. You say that's a duck eats rabbit, right? Or rabbit eating a duck, and then you build a little narrative, and then people go like, "Oh, yeah, now I can see it." Right now I can see, oh, the bill, like it, 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 it helps people. So in a similar way, what, what I can say is that um, for me, there is an absolute psych psychological block, even with venom specialists, right? Who like wake up and they know everything about venom and they won't call this venom, even though the, on the genomic sequence, like literally it's a venom peptide and has the same sequences they look at all the time. And one, the closest match, and I need to, you know, if, if necessary, we can get into some of the technical stuff, but the closest match would be a venom from a cobra snake and a venom from um, a crate, right? And which they are two very different snakes and they have different venom and there's a reason that there's both of them. But we should be clear that even if this turns out to be a completely synthetically manufactured, which I think it is, venom, Right. And even if it's not snake because it's been made by a yeast. Right. It's still venom. Like the word is venom. The, the actual word to describe what this does, what it looks like genomically, what it would look like under a microscope, how it would react with the body. The, the, the technical word is venom. 
Now, if the CDC wants to change the definition of venom next week, which they probably will, so that it doesn't match. They right, do that with vaccines. Then that's, right. Then that's what will happen, right? So they'll change, they'll change the word venom to say, like, oh, we, we feel bad for snakes that they have this, like, you know, bad rap and that they've got venom in them. So we now just, <laughs> so, so we now, we now just calling it digestive saliva. Like, I don't know what to call it, right? But it's a friggin' venom. Like, and people need to be comfortable to understand that if they, if they can't go to really dark places to know that people do some really mean shit on this planet, then basically they'll never wrap their head around on why there would be this two venoms and more on the spike protein. They just couldn't, they couldn't understand how this could be here. Like, anyway, like well, you can, you, you can rein this in. So, so I want to, I want to bring you to the, what you just said, the, the people being this evil. And because I had this conversation with a friend who goes, Joe, people are just not that evil. And I was like, <laughs> so I spent six and a half years in the Middle East and Africa negotiating some pretty bad places with some really bad people. Right. And, um, I broke bread with people that people were like, how, how did you break bread with them? They're a terrorist. And I was like, all right, well, the, the, the only way you get to a solution is to have a conversation. And, uh, absolutely. The other thing that I want to say, and, and I'm sure you realize this in the situations that you're in, is that not everybody is a threat to everyone. Right. And not every person is a threat at any given time. And it's the same thing about every creature and every virus and every bacteria and any nasty thing. So, like, you're going to have a rusty nail on a fence somewhere, right? And that poses a pretty significant threat to somebody unless they're not walking there. Yeah. Right, the and person who walks there might get poked by the by the nail, and it's the same thing. There's a genetic risk to 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 COVID that seriously, it's like one of the most important things that have been left out of the entire COVID conversation amongst all scientists. This was never a disease that had a hundred percent or even close to it um, uh, transmission amongst all people. And I mean, that should be no surprise. Go look at large continents like the continent of, of Africa, the biggest. Yeah. The biggest continent on the planet. They don't have a COVID problem. They have the lowest. They have the lowest death rate in the entire world. Right. Which so doesn't they make do sense. not have yeah. a high expression of chromosome three genes. Right. Where where this SARS-CoV two and its spike protein, including venom, uh, target. They just don't have it. Right. So it's just not there. So therefore, people with that expression in the in, uh, in on Africa um, would 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 uh, be at risk. But then the rest of the, the rest of the continent just couldn't get this and people go like no no that can't be that i mean that but it, like everything else is like that like i can sit next to somebody uh who has a peanut allergy and they can't touch peanuts i can eat peanuts so it's like okay well they're of, co of course they're things that are, um, are, are the susceptibility of it and don't ask me to do that again with that word because i can like say that word. <laughs> <laughs> it's like one of those words that if you get it out you're like proud like, you're like whoa i just did it so I've been reading an enormous amount about peptides, uh, you know, the, the introduction of, of venom into the conversation. And the earliest article that I was able to find dealing with snake venom and finding those peptides was in March of 2020. That's at the Sounds very beginning. Right. At the very beginning. Yeah. yeah. Now, there was a couple articles that had it in it that were written in whatever you know written in chinese and things like that or that were prior to that i just couldn't read it um but the, that i could read was in march of 2020 so here we are two years later and we're now having the conversation 
and people are acting as if this is a tinfoil hat moment, but this is the same thing the mainstream media did when we started talking about ivermectin. It's horse paste. So I got one more uh, that I have to read, which is IP Vanish. Um, you know, IP Vanish is, helps with um, safely browsing the internet without exposing your private details to third parties such as hackers, your ISP or advertisers. You can use IP Vanish on your computers, tablets, phones, even devices like your Fire Stick when you're streaming media. When you use IP Vanish, all of your data is encrypted. This means your private details, passwords, communications, and browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even the physical location will be hidden. IP Vanish makes it virtually impossible for them to find you online. If you use IP Vanish on limited device, you can use IP Vanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing on speed, your computer, tablets, phones, even devices like your Fire Stick. Um, is guaranteed at an incredible 70% off your yearly plan for our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee, just like getting nine months for free. So IPVantage is super easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button. You're instantly protected. You won't even know it's on. Stop sharing with the world everything you watch, everything you search for, and everything you buy. Take your privacy back today and brand rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trusted Pilot. Go to IPVantage.com daily. Use the promo code daily and claim your 70% savings. That's IPVantage.com slash daily daily and what yeah Doc, what, so, what are the so implications of this? Me, before, before i get into into you know sort of where where some of the confusion came from from the snake stuff at the beginning let's just let, let's do something that i haven't done on any other interviews that's that's interesting in terms of the word choice so ivermectin got called horse base but paxlovid the drug paxlovid is um two two separate drugs combined and one of the two of them is a feline coronavirus treatment so it's cat medicine, right? So like yeah. they can call ivermectin a horse based, but I haven't yeah. heard anybody re refer to Paxlovid, an approved uh, uh, COVID drug, as oh, you mean the cat, the cat drug? <laughs> I mean, so they pick and choose what they want to call in terms of you know horse based. So you can just tell people, yeah, the FDA has this thing out there, and it's for felines originally, and then you know they did some other work on it, and now it's approved for humans, and it's like. Medicine. So, They're giving people <laughs> medicine. <laughs> well, okay, I, I'm not going there, but yes, it is. It is. Yeah, Apollo did that. Apollo did that. You know, he Sorry, said we're gonna. You get hear this guy? He, you hear this guy? He's trying to bite me. He's trying to bite me, and we'll. You know, there's, there's oh, a lot you see more this stuff guy? See this guy? <laughs> Number one bullshit guy. He do the wee woo wee woo. <laughs> <laughs> so so uh, uh, let's go back to the snake stuff. So the papers that everybody gets confused about is they looked at the genomic sequence of this thing and the vector, the viral vector, right? And I like to look at, I like to tell people in our world, like, let's just call this the tank, right? The tank of it is SARS-CoV-1, which comes from a bat. Right. It comes from a bat from a, uh, a mine, an old copper mine, okay? Which means... Uh, there's a little secret in there that I unpacked, and it's part of how I built my solutions and antidotes and the rest of it, because it means that this viral vector with its envelope is particularly resistant to copper. Really? Right. From an evolutionary biology perspective, if you're a bat that lives in a copper mine and the copper hasn't killed you from that level of toxicity, right. all the creatures in you have adapted to. Huh. So copper and zinc are extremely significant in the fight, uh, the, what the body's trying to do against uh, SARS-CoV-2, both for the venom aspect and for some of the other um, uh, proteases and from uh, uh, these things called kinases, which are basically like butcher's knives that cut the body up. 
And, um, but copper and zinc are a huge part of this, which is, you know, it's great that people have been taking zinc all along as part of protocols. You cannot take zinc without copper. They always should be taken together. They have to work in the body. Uh, like it, it, it's kind of weird. Like if you, if you're dancing by yourself on a dance floor, it's the same thing with copper and zinc. It kind of, the body says like, this is kind of weird. Um, and so copper and zinc together, but so the, the tank part of it, SARS-CoV-1, it became SARS-CoV-2 with no changes to SARS-CoV-1, the actual viral vector. And coronaviruses have these little nubs on them, like, 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 uh, like snow tires. Yeah. Right. And then basically what SARS-CoV-2 is, is they attached in gain of function, they attach some new stuff to that nub. They, they basically, it's like using molecular glue and, and basically that looks like a, it, it's not a, it's not a stickiness. What it is are charges, right? It, 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 it's like attaching a, a, a magnet to your fridge or to the side of your arm after someone's been vaccinated. Um, so basically it's, they, it's, they, they put these little charges and you can then attach things. And sometimes you need a base layer of charge and then you put something on top of that, right? Um, and so the, the SARS-CoV-2 is SARS-CoV-1 viral vector uh, with a new gunner. Like you've got to look at the tank and then you've got to look at the gunner. And the gunner, the guy doing the damage on the top, is, is, this, is, the, is the spike protein. And this thing is by far the, the most miserable, toxic pathogen that we as modern, as a modern society, human beings, animals, whatever it is, we, this, this mutant of a pathogen has death, death written all over it. It's got, it's got a whole bunch of death mechanisms, right? including prion disease, which people know from like deer wasting uh, and from mad cow disease. It's got these kinases on it that cut up the body. Um, it's got an HIV insert that makes it work. Um, it's got an antigen that the body reacts to um, in terms of um, it, it's, it's perceived as a, uh, as a pathogen. So the body fights it. And then it also can sneak in because of the venom. Part of ven uh, uh, venom mechanics or venomics is basically um, the, the venom allows certain me mechanisms to take place where it can trick cells. And, and so uh, that's the big, the, the big thing with mRNA um, technology is using venom to basically trick cells to accept it. And then, that, and then it gets into the cell and the cell replicates it. They're, they're sort of like... Like if somebody like if when where you were talking about some shitty situations you were in, like if you had a, a handcuff key, you know, a, you know, a little one of those little handcuff keys that fits in a belt or something, or if you uh, if you uh, knew how to get out of Ziploc, uh, you know, be, uh, being you know uh, your hands tied behind your back, it, it has these little ways where it tricks the body um, and and can and basically um, it, it can then hijack um, um, uh, the cell. And, and that's some of the technology. That's how it, that's how the uh, mRNA technology works. So that's a trick, trick the cells to open. And so it tricking the cells to open and then inside of those vaccines, we talk about that. We talk about the deadliness of both, right? So COVID-19 having the, the properties of the venom peptides that can be synthesized. And, and as you look for that, but on the other side, you have the vaccine, which are, are using these same principles in there and then using um, gateway um, synthetic amino lipids, which are the SM102s, which are not, they say that do not consume it, do not get near it. It's not safe for human and or uh, animal consumption, but they're using that in the Pfizer vaccine or excuse me, Moderna vaccine. So, I mean, w where do we go from here? Cause on one side, 
we're creating alternatives that are that are saving lives. And on the other side, the government is trying to kill us and they created it. So it, it, it's interesting. So let's be direct. I also believe that the government is trying to kill us, but not necessarily in the way like when, when Brian Artis said, uh, when Doc Artis said like, OK, so the government's purposely putting this in the water um, and uh, to kill people. Um, that would make no sense in terms of the economy of a country or the strength of a country. Like nobody, nobody who has the ability to be an intentional killer um, it goes out and does, uh, does things without being specific. So there is intentional violence is targeted, right? Even if the target is vulnerable right. people, even if the target is like, I'm going to go on the, up to the 32nd floor in Vegas and I'm going to shoot down on this concert, right? That is a, that, that, there's, a, there's a fixation and a target. So in this case, what you can clearly see from the mathematics uh, of this is that the, the, the initial target, at least in the U.S. Um, and some other places in the world, is no different from any culling that people would do at like an animal park. Like, you know, you, 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 take, out, you take out the elderly, right, and you take out the, the second week. And the algorithm completely matches uh, the funds that ran out to run Medicare. I mean, you've got, you've, got, you've got something that looks expensive, right? All of the money that was handed out and all the bullshit PPE and everything. But in terms of bottom line, you've just taken away the most expensive ongoing population out of your algorithm. Like these algorithms are not built for people to live till 90. I mean, right. you know, people barely scratch the surface before like 60s, right? Then into the 70s, then into the 80s. Now you've got people that, that they are now, um, unfortunately, they were killed. But you have people that were in a nursing home somewhere and they're 92. And some of them were highly functional and some of them weren't functional. Well, they took them out. They literally said, like, from a helicopter in a game park, okay, this person needs to go. Like, they, they're, they, they're not productive enough for the, our society. And they're costing us money. And you can see that methodically. Like, you can see that with Cuomo's choices. Right? He takes his own, his own mother out of an assisted living community, but then he sends back sick patients into those communities. And some of those communities took their patients from individual rooms that could have had windows open, and they put them in the halls, and they put them in the, you know, in the, in the, um, in the dining room, in, in beds, so that you would have 20, 30 people to a room, and then you bring in a sick patient. I mean, that, that's murder. That's full-on murder. And then those people end up in mass graves. Like, when did you think in your time in, 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 the, in the U.S. that you would have a situation where you could have a governor of a state that gets caught where there's like 15,000 dead people that have been taken off the books, then he gets caught? Like, that's, that's straight out of like bad places, like really bad places in the rest of the world. We hear about like a mass grave and you well, he hear about 15,000 bodies. But he wasn't charged. He wasn't charged. He wasn't charged. It shows you. It shows you the organized crime of our government. It's, it, it used to be organized crime had there you had the mafia, right? Now the mafia is the government. I mean, they're they're literally acting at, with impunity. Let, let, let me ask you of this in terms of like, so you have a, a chessboard, right? I think the assumption for a lot of people is that the government could represent like kings and queens and like basically like you know some of the bigger players on it. But I, I look at the government and I have a look at what the government does or elected officials do. And they're not key players at all. I mean, they're literally on that board, right? Yeah, and they the move point. things around and they're a distraction. But there's no power behind it. Like when you say the government killed people or I say the government, like 
BlackRock basically bought uh, our, our U.S. Treasury. Careful. This is a soundbite. But go ahead. <laughs> Did I say BlackRock? I meant Black Tent. <laughs> I mean, uh, this stuff is like available for everybody to look up. It's, it's, it's. I mean, they they're proud of their work, so let's just give them the credit. You know, if they want to be evil fuckers, let's give them the credit for it, right? So black, so so you have BlackRock, and they bail out the U.S. in two thousand and eight, and our housing crisis, and in return, they own the U.S. Treasury. All right, so now you own the U.S. Treasury, and your partners are Vanguard and Street. And so you've got a financial house, and then you've got your client side of things, and then you've got to move things around the board for profit. You've got to, you've got to move things around to make things profitable and to keep your power going. And so part of it is your algorithms, like from an insurance point of view, you're like, wait, we have this 1% over here that is almost like 90% of our money out. Well, I mean, just let's just find a way of taking them out, right? Whether it's using a natural opportunity or creating the problem um, or, you know, um, finding a way of, uh, of saying we couldn't have done anything better. But that problem is gone for them now, right? And so from a standpoint of success, people go like, oh, this isn't a very good bioweapon because it, look at, you know, if they built a bioweapon, why didn't it wipe out the whole planet? Well, this is the scary news and why... I love being myself because I, I basically pride myself on getting up each day and trying to be the best version of myself, right? And in part, it's like I was yeah. born grumpy and then worked backwards. And so, like, every time I smile, I look at that as success. Like, I look back from childhood pictures and, like, at two years old or whatever, there's no reason to have a grumpy face. Like, what are you grumpy about at two, right? And so, like, I was bothered by shit for my existence. And the, the better I make myself the better I can navigate the world for myself and others, right? So right. I look at, I look at, um, I look at their, you know, when people say like, okay, so, you know, they didn't do a good job. You know, part of the toughness of work, the work that I and let's say my colleagues do, is that prevention is really weird, right? Let's say you knew before Vegas that Vegas was going to take place and you had somebody who bought a ticket and they were excited to go to a concert. And let's say you had really good intel and you go to them and you say, listen, buddy, I'm sorry, I've got some really good intel and you shouldn't go to this concert. You're not going. Lose your money even if you can't sell it. I know it's last minute, but it's going to save your life. You're not that person's friend at that moment. No. You might be if no. you predicted something and someone made a choice and then they go, shit, you saved me. But the, the weird thing about my work is that prevention or threat assessment and threat management, when bad stuff doesn't take place, Right? There's no applause. And if you've brought bad news to people, so what, what, what your audience needs to understand, um, and, and I have no judgment to the people that had to go and get vaccinated and they were forced and they had to keep bread on the, the table or they, they were, um, you know, they were ignorant or their church told them to go and get it. What I would rather is, is bring solutions to people that, that are in a bad spot right now because the way this thing works is like a binary bomb. There was a first layer of destruction but the real pandemic hasn't even begun yet. The real pandemic is on so the way. What do you, what do you mean by that? So the real pandemic, you're meaning the, the vaccine pandemic, the one that's caused by yeah, the Yeah, well, the, the die-off has already started occurring. But what people are noticing is in any, in any catastrophe, there are, you know, sort of, whether it's a mass killing where there's the first shots fired, right? Um, uh, like like uh, in, in Stephen Paddock's uh, case in, in, in Vegas, there were shots fired down the hallway 
at an engine, you know, a, a guy that, that saw a bracket, you know, uh, attached to a wall. So those are your, shirt, your, your first shots. And that would be the equivalent of us realizing that we've got a myocarditis problem or that people, there's an uptick in cancer. AIDS cancer or, or HIV you know we've got we've got we've got HIV and, and we must be careful because this is the trick that they did with HIV in the time where I worked HIV epidemic in, in in South Africa there's a huge difference between HIV showing up in your in your blood and landing up with AIDS a huge difference HIV does not necessarily have to translate into being sick right and so they it's the same trick they did with this coronavirus what you find in terms of particles floating around the body, could be live, could be dead, uh, could, it might not hit threshold, right? So there's you you already know from the vaccine development they did in Australia, they they found that they were building a vaccine, they gave it to a whole bunch of people. Those people that tested HIV positive so, from the so, insert of the of the spike protein. So I want to I want to go to your website. I want to tell people about your website too, but I want to go to your website really quick um, because on your website. The, the hypothesis that you write, and you write hypothesis, which you're is, talking about my, my OnlyFans page, uh, page yeah, on yeah, that one too. <laughs> well, we we saw you in the thong, and we were like, Whoa, that's a little too much. We're well, we, not we putting saw, that like, Dr. Anna you know, Man, we went, Wow, has to do a Borat conference uh, uh, costume once at a Halloween party. I mean, Alex, I mean, uh, Apollo would look great in it, right? Like, I mean, it's just, oh, I did, so, I did, yeah. At Dr. Braun, at, at drtailbraun.com right now, what I'm, what I'm mostly doing with it is that because I've been canceled from other platforms and mostly the big cancellation for me was LinkedIn, where I lost like 5,500 of solid connections that I was interacting with. And so I built this wait, quick wait, website. Wait. They, they canceled you from LinkedIn? Oh, I'm canceled for life. Like I've got a lifetime what? ban. Like, like I've hit it, From I, LinkedIn? I've what was the justification the for that? Did they tell you? I've used a VPN. I, I, I try to register other accounts. Uh, I've gone back and forward with them. The Venom information is the predominant reason that I got canceled for the misinformation, ongoing misinformation about the Venom that's on the spike protein. Factually, scientifically provable, any fact checker that would actually consider themselves a fact checker could go and find the Venom for themselves. Like, I'll deliver the Venom to them if necessary. Like, so... I got canceled from LinkedIn and went back and forward with them and they were very polite about it. But I said, look, I'll see you in court or I'll see you in the Senate at some point or Congress, like when I'm, you know, doing some sort of testimony at some point. But what you've done is the equivalent, in my opinion, if, if somebody, you can get charged for screaming fire in a theater, but you should also be able to get charged if there is a fire and the person that's trying to get people out is stopped. Like, that's my job. It's my job to stop death toll. So when LinkedIn decides to f with me, because Bill, Go Bill Gates owns LinkedIn, they, they're literally killing people by people like me whose job it is in counterterrorism to bring people information. And these are my colleagues. The bulk of the people, the 5,500 5, con uh, connections, are years worth of colleagues in different agencies and in law enforcement and EMS and public health around the country. As a keynote speaker, you can imagine I do a speech somewhere, how many people connect with me. And then they right. hear information from me. And that information that I put up, if it gets taken down or if I get canceled, it seems to people that I was putting up misinformation. So those professionals or colleagues, right, stop trusting a guy like me. And then they trust a fact checker from, you know, somewhere else, you know. Some entertainment fact weird. checker that, that worked for TMZ. <laughs> I mean, we're not talking right. about fact checkers that went to medical school or 
you know, have a PhD. No, no, we're talking about fact checkers that barely graduated with a basket weaving degree. Or the, the fact checkers exactly. on Facebook who are funded by Facebook. But I'm going to really quickly do an ad read. Uh, so this podcast brought to you by Air Medcare Network. Um, if you're in a rural area, it's hard to reach. Or if you like to hike or you, you frankly, you spend a lot of time on the road, health insurance won't always cover you at the cost of an, America, or excuse me, an emergency medical flight. God forbid it ever happened to you. But with Air Medcare Network, you're covered. For as little as $85 a year, your whole household will be covered. There are no deductibles in case you ever need to be air medically transported. There's also a secondary one that if you are in a different state, they can fly you back uh, to the state so you don't have a, as heavy a burden on your family getting to you. So if you use promo code daily um, and you go to airmedcarenetwork.com slash daily and use promo code daily, you receive up to a $50 e-gift card when you sign up today. I've been a member for the last year and a half. So go to airmedcarenetwork.com slash daily and use promo code daily. Yeah. So, it, yeah, I mean, and so the company was funded, by, funded Facebook. by Facebook. I think people missed the part that that the Zuckerbergs donated the bulk of their shares from Facebook and then just started a, uh, a nonprofit that funnels money to for-profit companies in the health industry. They're the largest, they're the one of the largest, uh, um, what do you call it, like a clearinghouse uh, through the, the Chan Zuckerberg initiative is all health vaccines, research, labs. So like their misinformation, the stuff that they calling misinformation directly assists them in profiting. Like the, the, the FTC should be all over this. But the FTC is going to chase down some chiropractor who says that zinc is useful against viruses. But the Chan Zuckerberg initiative, they've got no problem with. Gates and LinkedIn, they've got no problem with. Like, well, what, think, the, why aren't these people doing their job? I mean, ultimately, they work for us. we the people. We told them, okay, come work for us. You're going to have this office somewhere. It's not going to be that great. You may, you, you're probably um, going to have an, an old building somewhere, and it's going to be very bureaucratic, but you're going to serve the people. Who are they serving? I mean, it, 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 that, that's my biggest problem with us allowing, allowing this to go on for years unchecked. When well, you talk about them serving us, if, uh, if it's okay if I kind of divert a little bit, you sent this letter to, uh, yeah, to the FBI. And I'd like to, I'm going to put it on screen real quick. Um, and so this was dated June 21st, 21. This is nearly a year ago. Uh, I've been working with scientists and medical professionals since the beginning of the pandemic to understand the biological mechanisms of SARS-2 uh, and mitigation strategies and treatment options. I'm not going to read the entire thing. Uh, the COVID vaccines the are not a viable and safe method to be used to contain and end this pandemic. They rely on the SARS-2 spike protein, which is highly toxic and lethal on its own. Uh, it has fingerprints pointing to a manufactured biological weapon that can be aerosolized, easily deployed as a chemical weapon with devastating short-term and long-term effects. Uh, so I'm not going to read the entire thing, but wh what was the response you got to that? And, and if you could tell us a little bit how you came to that conclusion all the way back then. I know you've, you've spoken a little bit too. Well, I'm going to have to s tell the response. I'm going to have to slow it down because you'll miss it. Received, <laughs> ah, thank the... you. Received, thank you. Three, three <laughs> words. That's it. That's Number it. one Received, bullshit guy. Number one right. bullshit guy, the guy. Yeah. We, 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 we. I mean, at, at the end of the day, it's not like I just sent it to, to one guy, right? I mean, I, you can see who it's to. You can announce who it was to. I mean, have a look at who it's Assistant to. Assistant Director Alway. Yeah, Assistant okay. Director Don Alway. Weapons yeah, of Mass Destruction Directorate. Okay. So, so it's the right department. 
And then not only did I do it, I sent it to my people. I sent it to the, the, uh, the behavioral analysis unit who know me, who know me. And what did they say? No. And, and, and the, you know, the same thing, like it, it, it's not in their wheelhouse. So this guy was the guy that was supposed to get it, but it's not like my people didn't get it either, but you've got to know. And here's what I want to do. It's very important for me because I know these folks and I know, I know how hard they work and I know how many thousands of lives they've saved. Like, like, especially the behavioral analysis unit, they're amazing. Some of the smartest people in the country and some of the nicest people. And in fact, there's, I won't even mention her by name. There's one, one person in that unit I'm terrified of because I knew her for about five minutes and she's like truth serum. I was telling all kinds of stories from my past and I was like, wait, the words are coming out of my mouth, but my brain's not slowing me down. Why am I telling this to the FBI? And, um, and, and they're that good. They are that good because they're that nice and they really care about people and they do stellar work. But you know what? Most of these agencies have been compromised. We all know it. And most of them basically now are um, a combination of complete fluff or you have really great people that are traumatized because they go home every day and they know that their hands were tied behind their back on all kinds of stuff or they were threatened they were going to be fired or they, you know, they, they put some information goes into classified that shouldn't. And these are really great people. Like there's really talented people that don't get to do their job, right? It's like you send out a person uh, who's got to go and do figure skating, right? And, and you literally say, okay, go out there and skate, but, but, but we're only giving you one skate. Like you, you pick the foot, but you're never going to get two. And all those fancy things that you know that you can do, you just can't do. We're not allowing you to. These are good people. Right. And I can't vouch for all of them, of course. There's some pretty shitty people in there, including the people that baited people to come into the Capitol. Right. I mean, there was all that song. Over 20 of them. Right. I mean, it's like, okay, so I, a guy like me who's trying to bring good information to people has to be heard above the noise of what they tasked to do. And if their job is to go and find, you know, Errol, uh, you know, who's 22 and he still lives in his mom's basement and he went to the Capitol because he feels like he's a patriot and he's proud, proud of the country and, and he was baited and he didn't even know that he broke the law. If they're spending all these resources, then, then how are they even going to hear me? You know, how, they, I mean, who's got the bandwidth if, if that's what you're tasked to do? And the amount of money that was thrown. At, at, at the capital invasion versus some real shit. Like, I don't know if people realize, like they were chasing down people that went into the capital. All of those resources should have been, okay, so who put the pipe bombs in front outside of the RNC. both parties' offices? Yeah. That's the real threat. Still, still no conversation about that, by the way. Still no conversation. Right, I mean, isn't, that, no the, isn't that the person that you want to go and find? Right, no, the person not. who actually who actually literally trying to maim, maim and kill people versus the people that might have been the, at the back end of a couple of hundred people. I mean, you know, that, that I mean, let's not even go there because that's part what, of what this about discussion, BLM? but it's part of the reason Antifa. no one's listening. Yeah. And, and I think that's the issue that I have is that it's, it's selective, uh, virtue signaling, right? So they want to, they want to attack and this becomes persecution, not, prosecution this becomes not holding people accountable because they don't hold people accountable in the government you can have a lot of really good people in the government but i gotta tell you something one of the one of the issues that i have with the pandemic with covid19 with all the things that we're seeing one of the biggest things that i have problems with is the lack of courage of good people standing up they're just i gotta do my job i gotta do my job keep my head down do my job do my job 
I think that mentality is more dangerous than the evildoers because it, it enables the evildoers to attack us as citizens, right? And then we ignore problems like, uh, you know, the sex trafficking at the, at the border. And, and, I mean, they're filling their coffers right now because there's, there's no accountability down there. And then we have this disease that, you know, is obviously deadly, but there's, there's ways to stop that disease, and they're keeping that away from us as well. It's, it, it, the whole thing just feels as if if we could just get the good people in the government that you talk about to stand up, just those people all stand up at the same time, then it would make it a whole lot easier for us, us guys on, and gals on the outside that are, that are standing up trying to do the good work to, to, to reach accountability. Well, what I, I agree with you completely, and, and what, what I think when you talk about, like, let's get some good people, I think what, what's, what's important is let's get some people that are actually connected to the regular person. Like, I- Oh, we just lost you. We lost your, we lost your uh, audio, Dr. Bro. <laughs> there you go. You're back. There we go. Got it. You're back. Yeah, someone was calling me from Indianapolis, and, um, you know, they don't like me in Indiana too much. I went once <laughs> to go and train some. Trained some SROs and every I hadn't slept for like four days. I was filling in for a colleague who was for some work and I decided to drive there instead of fly and then there was snowfall and you know, I arrived there and like it was like, you know, six monsters later and I switched to Red Bull. I can plug Red Bull, hopefully they'll still stop sponsoring me. Um, and uh, and so I arrived there and I haven't slept for days and it is this amazing uh, opportunity where I'm training, I think it was like over two hundred SROs. And um, the day before, I go out to a couple of high schools uh, in the area, and then I start in real time working through like a live case of, of a, you know, a potential next high school killing. And so instead of me getting some sleep or finishing up my stuff, I like work through this case. And, uh, you know, it, but maybe I don't even know that I slept again. And then I get up there. And so every single word, like every second word was like an F-bomb to like a very, very... Um, you know, conservative crowd that doesn't like F-bombs. And then the biggest F-bomb that was noted on that day is I'd gone out to these schools and I kept hearing the same thing where people had said, uh, you know, when I asked them a question like, what, what, are you, what are you afraid of? Like, what are your fears for your school? Um, I kept hearing that they were afraid of their fire marshal. And I was like, why are you afraid of the fire marshal? And what the fire marshal uh, was doing, and I don't know if he's still doing it, but he was going around to schools and he was telling the teachers that if there was, uh, if the fire alarms were going off, that they absolutely had to push the kids into the hallway, regardless of what was taking place, whether it was a drill, whether it was an active attacker, or whether it was a fire, it was their job to get the kids out of the classrooms if there was a fire alarm into the hallway. So I basically said, I've got an answer, and that was F the fire marshal. Like, and, and, and this was pre-Parkland, where a lot of the death toll happened in that exact way. They were slaughtered in the hallway because the fire alarms were going off and um, kids were going into the hallways and they got, you know, some of them got literally killed and slaughtered in that way. So um, they don't like me there. And I, I literally, while I, in real time, somebody in the audience who had booked me for uh, training, like they literally canceled me while I, like in real time, they were like, okay, that gig's gone. Um, because a lot of the time, a lot of the time people are not. Um, it, they, they couldn't care about outcome. What they care about are their reputations. What they care about is does it fit a political agenda. And there are fewer and fewer people that actually want to do uh, any work um, wow. that, that would be 
controversial in any real way. Like if you, you know, I, I'll tell you this, and, and, and I could go into court and, and to you know give testimony in a court of law um, and say that I know of conversations where public health officials and emergency management folks were called in and said, "You're either you're either on board and pushing this vaccine out, or there's the door." Like you are either saying that this is fine, right, to the public, or you're out. We we will we'll deal with the consequences of what that looks like legally, or you know whatever. You might be six months away from retirement, but you are either on board or you're getting fired. Like when in history, when in history is the person whose job it is to bring the actual information to the public threatened, literally threatened that they can't bring the the, the correct information or even their belief system. Like, like as an opinion, like their expert opinion to say, like, I've looked at this and there's no way I want my family getting this. So there's no way I'd let you get this. But I, you know, they, they weren't, they weren't even given that, you know, duty. That's their responsibility. And I don't, you know, there's part of me, I, I, I was about to say, I don't judge them. I do judge them, but I also understand it. Right. I also understand that people have to put food on their table and, you know, people are stressed and they're living paycheck to paycheck. And so it's really difficult to, to take a, a, a gigantic moral stand um, on, on things that matter um, when, when, when you don't have a backup plan or when, when your family could, you know, find themselves on the street. Well, I mean, you know, I say that, but the, the pain that you feel today by standing up, if you can get people to stand up, you know, I always tell people to get in the gap, right? So get in the gap. Let's create density, and then let's go take back our country, right? It's real easy. We don't, you know, we don't even have to be violent. We walk in, we pick up their stuff, and we evict them. We evict judges. We evict leaders. We, we walk in, pick up all their stuff, walk it outside, and say, hey, you can, you can hang out in the, in the, in the street. And people say, Joe, Joe, that can't happen. I go, why? And they say, because we're not allowed. <laughs> well, we're not allowed to make a living. We're not allowed to have opportunity for our kids. We're not allowed to stop them from creating gender fluidity and, and grooming our children in elementary school. We're not allowed to, I mean, do you see what we're not allowed to do? We're not allowed to fight evil is what you're saying. So, you know, I always talk about this, that, you know, we've set these boundaries as Americans to say that we have to respect. They've, they've groomed us to, to, we have to respect authority. We have to take it down this process. Well, when all of that becomes corrupted, when all of that becomes uh, infected with this cancer that's in our government and, and around our country, at what point do we just decide that, hey, listen, sensibility has to be returned, right? We have to restore order to our community and we have to be the ones to do it. So, I mean, I agree that people, you, you recognize that people need to feed their family. But I've eaten ramen noodles before and uh, Chef Boyardee canned stuff. You know, I, I know what it looks like, and it wasn't so bad. Being poor sucked a little bit, but, you know, it wasn't so bad. What I don't want to see is an entire country lose its, its, uh, its bearings, you know, its true north, and find itself uh, looking more like uh, Ethiopia or you know, the Congo. I, you know, I couldn't agree with you more, and I was sitting here thinking to myself, like, so I've tried to always find my ways that I'm comfortable with in terms of um, making change. And I grew up in a very volatile country, South Africa in the 80s, to bring down apartheid, went through this, you know, violence where, you know, bombs were going off in restaurants. And like, it was, it was, it was terrifying um, as a kid to watch this. But I also grew up with in a reality where, um, fortunately, I knew that there was theater involved as well. Like they would show footage on the TV. Right. Yeah. And that wasn't what actually took place. Right. And, and so I was primed to understand that those kind of tactics, um, even back then in the 80s, is now even easier to manipulate. Right. And to make it up. And, and you know, anybody just to go and look at, 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 at like AI fake Tom Cruise. 
um, to, to know how easy it is to manipulate anything. I mean, although I'm not sure, like, is, like, so there's a fake Tom Cruise and then, like, I think that's almost like a paradox. Like, there's a real Tom Cruise. Like, I don't know if it's, like, a fake of a fake because, like, I don't know that anybody actually knows what Tom Cruise is anyway, right? And so, um, you know, we, we're dealing with, with the greatest challenge of our time, which is two things. One is uh, this idea of what is the truth? Right. I mean, I think this, this is why um, only we, we can have to obviously we come back to a place of common sense. And it's the reason that I don't I try not to use technical language and I try and answer questions in a practical way. And they use a lot of metaphors like this looks like that. This operates like this because it helps people to understand like um, I can fix that. There's this great TED talk of this guy who needed a new valve for um, for his heart. And um, there was no such thing on the planet. And so they were like, oh, well, we could do this, but it's not quite right. But this guy was a, uh, an engineer who happened to work in plumbing, in like industrial size, like, you know, city level plumbing. And he's like, well, the heart is a pump. Like, this is a plumbing issue. Like, I'm going to make this thing for myself. And then he made it. Like, you know, things, but if he spoke to a cardiologist, like, it would have seemed like he would have had to go to med school and he would have, like, you, people can take what they know and they can apply it to right. do things. So the empowerment piece is there for everybody. I think, I think to get ourselves of this, this form of modern slavery that we're all in, it, it, it's to remind each other and remind our children that we are empowered. Like, we can do that is That's what it is to be human. We can do right? Even the word human, people like wonder where the, the, the hue part came from, you know, human. Well, it's from the sound, humetics. It's, we were the people that made noise. We could make language. Right. So we're empowered. We have these, you know, opposable thumbs, right? Like to, to make tools. So, so we, we need to remind, especially our youth, that, they are, that, that it's better and it's nicer to fix things rather than to, you know, join Zuckerberg in his meta, uh, meta uh, universe, right? Um, in the metaverse, right? Um, which is really interesting because um, for a lot of people, the children of today that are getting vaccinated are going to land up with these wasting diseases that, that make them physically fragile. And then Zuckerberg can put them like like a zombie in you know like in a sci-fi movie in a in a in a in a what like in, in, in a room somewhere attached to a, a fake universe that will feel doable and and and, and actually um, you know they get charged to live in this way right and um, and and how long can that last because what are they actually producing so it's it's really interesting that um, that part of it is the solutions to this can people can find their way right in terms of I'm not a guy that likes protests. Maybe it's a bias that I've got because it was extremely traumatic to grow up in that as a kid. But and I also don't find it that effective, right? I thought, for example, like the truckers, it's great. It's great that there were people that could spread the word and do the movement. Um, right. But they also, because people don't get behind it, people that go out and do that kind of stuff make themselves extremely vulnerable for the rest of us. Right. If people would get behind it, if we all went to go park our cars, that's one thing, right? That that sort of uh, tipping point that mass flow, um, but the other side to to uh, to protest, uh, which I think you're right, um, is this idea of um, no, I don't consent. Like like literally, if there were once again enough people to say, wait, our government is not supposed to work like this at all. You do not represent us, and you're running on our taxpayer money. Like the 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 Boston Tea Party is a perfect example of of. of of literally when people hit a threshold 
And they say, no, like, it's enough. Like, we can't go on like this anymore. And I think that I prefer people to come to that conclusion sooner than later because that actually reduces violence. Violence only happens when people run out of alternatives. Or when it's being right? planned so, by a co-revolution in order to create, you know, chaos, right? Which is what happened right. in 2020. Um, yeah. so, 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 Do you have any other questions? And I don't even know. Uh, um, uh, I think I have a, another. Yeah, I, uh, I do, actually. Do you have any questions about the, the specifics around around the venom or the spike protein? Because you yeah. brought up Apollo, you brought up the FBI letter. Yeah, so uh, a couple, actually. So number one, uh, I mean, we know that the FDA and all these regulatory agencies, just like the FBI and all all these, these apparatuses that are weaponized against us, we know that they're in bed with these same pharmaceutical interests who have executed this horror that we've seen. Uh, I, I find it interesting that the FDA has been trying to limit uh, nicotine products and specifically not cigarettes. And to my knowledge, maybe I'm wrong about this, I haven't seen any kind of interference with, uh, with viruses previously, but it is something that apparently occurs with snake venom and it's something that's occurred with COVID-19. I don't know if, if you have any insight into that, but I don't, given your background, you're a good person to ask. So is that lined up, you know, uh, temporally because they know exactly that it's going to prevent the symptoms of envenoming from whatever it is that they put in, you know, in the spike protein or it's hard for me to reconcile the timing. It's really, I think the hardest thing for me to do, right? Because now we get into what ultimately looks should look like forensic activity. So it's, you know, if it's my job to work with a team of people and to, and to, um, uh, find the person who could potentially, cause the harm. That's one aspect of um, threat management. Then there's um, what what um, some of my training involves, the tactical officers that would be deployed to go into, let's say, a school or a building or somewhere and neutralize the threat, right? And then the threat is known and then you have a lot of unknowns. So you, 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 you assume that there's more than one person doing the attack. Um, but now you're getting in when, when, when somebody has to ask the questions of like, okay, so why was this timed like this? Why did NAC get taken off Amazon? You know, why is it, why are they chasing after nicotine uh, products? Um, why, why uh, are they, are they uh, what, you know, some of the suppression of information and treatment? It would all point to the fact that if the agenda or goal um, is, is to make sure that every human gets vaccinated, right? Then, then you can probably divide people into a couple of different categories that would include like actual perpetrators, which there would be very few, right? There's very few people, if not maybe one or two people that are orchestrating uh, sort of the plan. The rest of the people are, are opportunistic people and they're all pe also people that, that ultimately, so a lot of people will follow instructions with, with through a moral um, reasoning um, algorithm. They, they, will, they will assume that they've been given good information or they will assume that they can trust uh, their boss. And so, you know, if I had to take a guess on it, I would say, yes, there's been some, some really purposeful decisions. I'll, I'll give you one. I'll give you another example that feeds into this, this idea um, that people are purposefully not using things that would work. Um, some of those people would be uh, to drive the, the um, make sure that the vaccines were used and that they, that they could get approved. Um, and then some people would, uh, would be um, uh, taking away that just for death toll. I think that there's some perpetrators in here, maybe one, maybe two at most, that for them, this entire thing is just about death. 
They, they want the numbers. They don't even want injured. They don't want casualties. This is no different than most mass killers that literally want what I call soul collectors. Like they want, they want to know that they left this planet and that their body count, their fixation with death, uh, just like any other form of obsession or compulsion, it's their fixation with body count. That, that 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 drives the, uh, the you know I, I personally believe that on top of the pyramid of this is there's somebody that really wants body count um, and then spends a lifetime making sure that their grooming and the rest of the stuff they do is to facilitate that in that end goal and they generally suicide at the end of their plan so that, that to be seen who that is right the the other the other side to it is that there's another example. So I, I can't remember the date exactly, but there's a, a letter that was um, um, uh, that was foiled um, uh, to 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 expose amongst the whole package that came out from the FDA. And Fauci um, uh, gets this uh, email from a head of division um, uh, somewhere, like another big shot somewhere that works on pathogens, and and he lets Fauci know that there's five people that have been given the drug Agristat. And if you want to look it up and put it up, an agristat is an anticoagulant uh, drug that is derived from snake venom. And all five people have been uh, have come off the ventilator, and they've made full recoveries. And this is at the beginning of the pandemic. So yeah, that so would be another one. I put I put it up somebody, there. Yeah. Sorry, I put up there the. There would be another uh, one. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, well, there'll be another opportunity for a, another another time where somebody could go, um, okay, so there was this was another treatment option right at the beginning that should have been explored. And then once they realized that a snake-derived anticoagulant was so effective, then, then it would become obvious to anybody that they were dealing with a venom. There would be another pathway back in seeing that COVID is an envenomation. And, and, um, and I, and I want to say that part of it is... Um, it's very confusing, except for long haulers. Anybody that got COVID severely that hasn't fully recovered and goes through a, a, a set of, uh, of, um, of connected but obscure symptoms daily, um, if they go and they start uh, investigating um, symptoms and signs and, um, and progression of envenomation, I mean, any long hauler can recognize that that's them. There's, I mean, when else in history have we gone through you know, uh, um, a flu virus like a coronavirus where so many people have needed amputations or, or land up with diabetes from it um, or, you know, uh, COVID they land up with uh, COVID toes, COVID feet. Yeah, COVID toes. Or the uh, euphoria, uh, the people who are hypoxic and they go in and all of a sudden they're, they have this weird euphoria and it makes yep. no sense. And that's venom dynamics. Think about it from in terms of prey capture, right? Um, prey, uh, venom has um, numerous mechanisms, but the best way to think about venom is either as a, a mechanism of defense, right, or a mechanism of attack. And that attack could be, um, uh, you know, in terms of defense, that attack is also an attack, but that attack leads to food, right? So, so they're both attacks, like they're defensive. Um, and, and if you're defending yourself, it's different than trying to kill for food. And so think about how um, uh, mechanically it makes sense that venom can create a form of compliant behavior, even if it's euphoria, for both reasons. Like if you're trying to eat, right, and, 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 and you get this creature into this dazed, confused, and okay place where they're not panicking, it's easier to eat them. 
yeah. right? And, and and the same thing in terms of um, uh, from from a defense standpoint. If you if you um, if if you're defending um, uh, uh, yourself, um, you you could also use it um, as as far as like, okay, I'm going to bring on this euphoria um, or cause a stroke, and then I'm going to move away. Like I don't have to attack this 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 uh, this predator or this human being. I can I can use it and and and, and move it away. And and what's very very um, obvious for the unvaccinated is that there's been major psychological changes in the vaccinated. You can see that the bulk of the people, the bulk of the people, because it's nicotinic receptors, the bulk of the people should be changing in the way that they should become. They should become more apathetic. They should become compliant. They should be lazy. Right. That, 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 that's the basics of uh, a function of venom. And then you have a smaller subset where the venom makes them more psychopathic. Right? The, 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 the venom will bring out a cruelty in people the same way that cigarettes do. Like something that I'll teach tactical trainers, like, like from, uh, let's say, a SWAT team. Right. If they've got a hostage situation and, and, they're, and they're, uh, their hostage taker asks for a cigarette or a pack of cigarettes, they should know that the dynamics have just changed and that person, uh, that the risk of a suicide or a suicide homicide or both has just gone up because the nicotine is going to hit them and it's going to allow them to go through with their action. Wow. A small subset of people, nicotine is, 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 is a motivator. It brings out the fight or it creates a cruelness to it. Right. And you can think about it, like uh, the venom is also in the, in the animal using it. Right. And so it, it's got it's got a very sophisticated, um, uh, very sophisticated mechanisms um, in what they can do, but very basic for people to understand. They switches venom or molecular switches. And so when you mention nicotine and them going off the nicotine, um, I think what what people could do if they, you know, let's say they think this whole thing about venom is bullshit. What they could do is they could go and have a look that the distraction here was talking about ACE. And yes, the, 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 um, the spike protein bonds to ACE for its reproductive purposes. That's where, it, that's where right. it's attaching. And that's where it's getting into the cells, right? So, so ultimately, it's doing its business to make more of itself with the ACE. But where else it's attaching is it's attaching to um, acetylcholine nicotinic receptors. So these, these nicotinic receptors, people could look up and they could see, uh, they, could, they could find information on what happens when there's either um, uh, when a nicotinic, nicotinic receptor is either, like too excited, like in other words, it's switched on and doesn't switch off, or it's turned off completely. And then you just think about a switch, like an electrical switch, because that's all it's doing. It's getting in and it's binding uh, with, a, uh, uh, with, with, with two wires that have come together, and it's inserting a switch. And then, and then it's controlling that circuitry. And that's what Venom does. So I have one more question for you. And specifically going back to the beginning of the pandemic, when we saw all these images out of China, uh, which were used to hype up this, you know, the, the fear narrative here and justify the lockdowns. And we saw these videos of people dropping dead and just like they got supposedly exposed and then they're just passing out in the street and they're being they're hauling off bodies. Some people said they were fake. I don't think they were fake videos. Uh, that to me, that doesn't sound like a virus. It sounds like a nerve gas or something like that. Uh, right. Can, can you can you? That's why I that? wrote. 
Yeah, absolutely. First of all, thank you. I thought you were going back to um, trying to get information out of me of when I told that FBI agent about the truth serum. You know. <laughs> I was going to have to say it involved a clown suit and, you know, I mean, there, there's a story that, that we can unpack it with, uh, you know, around a campfire sometime. But <laughs> as far as what you're talking about, um, I think what people should understand, and this should be helpful, the, 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 the really hard part about this from a, from a, a patriot standpoint is that this virus and vaccine, um, uh, the patents on it, this bioweapon is ours. Uh, this is U.S. And, and, and what's very challenging around, around for all of us is to realize that we attack Wuhan. Like, this is us. It's not the other way around, right? And so it's very, it's very, very difficult for people to accept that that could take place. But if you have a look, and you're quite right about the videos, you have to, one, you have to believe that they're real. And certainly my intel tells me that they're real. My sources tell me that they're real. And so what you're looking at is um, if you have the spike protein um, either attached to the virus or separately in a high enough concentration in a cloud of air or in a room, it's going to act like a nerve gas. It's going to actually be very similar. If your audience wants to look it up, it's going to act like uh, a VX, uh, a venomous uh, agent, uh, nerve gas, right? Which which is uh, an organophosphate uh, type uh, nerve gas, and it's going to do the same thing. Um, now, there's an interesting piece to that as well, which you can see in real time that ha that happens to the vaccinated, um, and it will happen to more men than it happens to women. But stress um, initiates those switches. So, for example, I think it was in Sweden or Denmark or somebody like a health minister had been recently vaccinated, was doing a major press conference and she was canceling one of the vaccines. That would be an enormous stress on that person. She passed out in, 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 on, on TV. And I'm sure you've seen numerous people pass out. I'm sure you've seen the soccer players pass out. Athletes, news and anchors, people who are on television, that is politicians. That's, that's adrenaline. And the reason that it's higher in men, and this is a, another reason why children don't get severe COVID besides antioxidants like melatonin, is that our adrenaline system is different, gender-based and also by age. And, and so what's happening is that uh, um, men, um, as soon as that adrenaline is pumping, um, venom causes more microthrombi when, it, when adrenaline hits the system. Which right. is, again, so, interesting so in for words, a, a snake attack, like if it's looking at prey. Right. It, that's exactly its function. It will cause a mini stroke. It will cause a mini heart attack. It will cause that animal to freeze up by taking oxygen away from its brain. And so you can see that happening in real time. But what's interesting, it, just doesn't, it, it won't just happen to somebody without a stressor. They either have to be playing a game or being on a broadcast or stressed about something. Um, you know, I was hit pretty hard with this in, tw in, in, tw in the fall of 2019. And there was, a, there was a time period where if my stress rate went up really high, my knees would buckle. I, could, I would literally be, you know, remember it happened once I was, I was walking my pups across the field and, and, and I was having a particularly stressful day about something and, and I got the little adrenaline spike and literally my knees buckled and I fell to the ground. Right. Wow. I mean, that, wow. that, that it, and the other thing is not to scare people. And this is also um, not a plug, but but I'm working with a lot of really good people to get people solutions because venom stays in the body for over a decade. And that's not just the vaccinated. We've all been exposed to this spike protein. So, you know, so we've let's... all we've all 
Yeah, and I really, unfortunately, gentlemen, I have to wrap up. Yeah, you're gonna have we, me we back to here about the count at any point. Um, Perfect. And uh, you know, I'm not even sure that we said enough to get ourselves into trouble. So there really should be a part two. Yeah, we we definitely need a part two. But I want people to understand that you have a site where they can get simple solutions for complex problems, and this is at biochemscience.com. You want to just quickly plug this. Um, as sure, I just want to this. tell you a couple of things. One, I want to give honor to uh, to the chemical engineer that that um, he unfortunately passed away a couple months ago. Uh, but uh, Dr. James uh, Jim Laddie was um, was the chief scientist that I worked with, um, uh, an incredible chemical engineer. And what we figured out um, is that copper and zinc were really important to this. And I brought him uh, this idea that I wanted to create. Uh, uh, originally a copper solution and then I realized that the body was actually craving um, a combined copper and zinc um, uh, compound um, so all those ingredients are in there and they're all useful but they're actually part of, of, uh, of um, getting that to the point where where the copper and zinc um, act in unison right the same way the body uses it and it's an inhalable for a couple of reasons one is that um, uh, copper and zinc both bring down uh, microbe load like bacteria and uh, viruses. Now, I cannot say that it does that for SARS-CoV-2 because it would get shut down immediately. But uh, all the science points towards the fact that copper and zinc uh, um, uh, are um, hugely antimicrobial and non it's a non-toxic way to do it. The other reason that, uh, that we built it uh, um, in this way was that the um, I, I, I used um, um, early uh, uh, prototypes of this product to get my lungs to the point back of functioning. I was completely breath, breathless for you know at least, I don't know, it was um, at least six, eight months, the same way as long, long orders. So I built something that I could nebulize uh, and, and, and as a non-toxic way. And I know people do, for example, colloidal silver is amazing, but silver is not a natural compound in the body. So it works well because it's a toxin. But rather, I, I think a better opportunity is to put copper and zinc that are natural products. You can't live without them as right. a solution. Um, and the other product in there is that um, the, my early work in this, um, both from the viral point of view and from the way that the spike protein is working, um, and, and, and anybody with a basic chemical, uh, chemical background can understand that um, what we're dealing with is a redox reaction. It's very, very high levels of oxidative stress. Um, for those that are not biologists, oxidation is just corrosion. And if you had a uh, your favorite uh, uh, sports car or uh, antique, uh, you know, vintage car, and you move down to the coast, you better be having a conversation with somebody about an anti-corrosive, right? And so it's the same thing. What's happening in the body is simply rust, and that rust is happening because the iron is popping out of the mit mitochondria, and so it's leading to very, very high levels of rust uh, in the body. And you know that there's, a, uh, um, that there's also a link between bacteria and rust, things like tetanus. So the body becomes highly, highly toxic. And this is the strongest antioxidant, natural antioxidant that I could find on the planet. It comes from the cashew shell, and it is an, anti, uh, an antioxidant, anti-inflammatory, anti-cancer. So it's, it's interesting you brought that up as far as to get your lungs back, um, because I had COVID really bad. I gained 25 pounds, literally, in a matter of four months right you remember me when i couldn't i was like literally yeah. huffing walking upstairs yeah it was it was bad i mean i'm back to to what i like to call fighting shape because i want to punch a commie in the mouth i'm just saying <laughs> um 
<laughs> but but there were some serious issues that developed, and you talk about venom and the had long term effects. Um, I had I got bit by a copperhead snake when I was a kid, and uh, it literally joint pain was something that was was massive. And I'm not talking for like a year, but for years afterwards, I would have this massive joint pain. I would fight through it, and I would still go out like a kid and play. But it was yeah. it was a real thing because I go to the doctor. They're like, well, you're just going to have to live with that. So, it's so we're going to give you three more sound bites to get us into a little of trouble. One, I'm going to start with. Um, uh, one, I might start with. Uh oh. We'll see who's coming back. Sorry, we... All right, I'm go. back. Right. Sorry about that. All right, three sound bites to get us in trouble as I as I wrap up. One, don't go and punch a commie. You don't know it right now, but Putin's actually your best friend. Putin went in. Putin went into Ukraine. Okay, because what was coming out of Ukraine was the yeah. next version. And if you were afraid of COVID at all, or if you if, if you believe that COVID is real, what was next for us was polio. Polio, a new strain of polio, right? Look, Which I, they I got canceled for saying what you're saying. I literally have, you know, I own a bunch of well, other I stuff. I can't get canceled from anything else anymore, including family dinner, so I don't care. What I want to tell you is that Putin went in and he took out the bio labs because there is already a new strain of polio in the Ukraine. There is a new strain of polio in Israel, and they are currently vaccinating with a new vaccine in Malawi, all right, down in, in, in Southern Africa, right? So Putin, I, unfortunately, he was a little late. That's all I can say. I don't, think, I don't think he had much choice. I don't like the way that it played out. I don't like harm and suffering and war. I've dedicated my life to make sure that there is no violence. When people run out of alternatives, there's violence, right? If the UN doesn't want to listen to him and they want to discount his information, right, there's going to be violence. It's as simple as that. Okay, so number one soundbite, right? Don't go and punch a commie, right? It's not, it, 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 it's not helpful in terms of what we're fighting over here. The, 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 this, this, the second uh, uh, soundbite I want to say is that it might be interesting for you to think about that part of what you might have experienced is either an uptick in that joint pain during COVID, but what I've found is most people, pain goes away because venom is an analgesic. So a lot of people, they get other symptoms while they're sick from COVID, but like all joint pain and stuff, um, it goes away for a week or two and then it comes back worse. But that's a really interesting way of also seeing that the venom is at play. Um, and then um, the, the third one um, that I wanted to say was um, that, that I, it's a really interesting uh, sort of economic problem for me because I can fix COVID, right? I, I, can, I literally solved COVID very, very quickly in the pandemic, a couple of weekends. And I already the basis, I mean, this is how my, my brain works very quickly around very complex uh, um, um, systems. And so I was able to figure out the mechanics. But the interesting thing is you've got all these people, I mean, the, the, the current administration has just said they're releasing a billion dollars to fix long haul COVID. So I want the billion dollars. Like I could literally, you know, I could tell you why you put on weight and I can tell you why some people lose weight, but the majority of people are, are gonna put on weight. But it's through interviews like this that I actually want the ability to work with a set of doctors, right? And, and, and Dr. Corey, I'll take you back. It's okay. It's okay. Everyone can make mistakes, yeah. right? And I, I want to work with a set of doctors who are absolutely committed to help. The, we've got two layers of people right now. We've got to stop the killing, 
right? We have to shut down these vaccines and then we've got to stop the, the, the dying. And the first layer of the people that are dying are the long haulers. So I don't, want to, I don't want to just give you some basic secrets and then not give some information. But by doing this show today, you get me closer to be able to get this crucial information to the long haulers where they start turning to me and they say, help us with the protocol. Because I can't do it myself. As a non-medical doctor, I've got to work with a team of people. Right. Otherwise, they're going to come after me in to, that way. To work, right? to work the problem. To work the problem. It really comes down to exactly. the problem. And, and, it's, and, and here's the crazy thing about it. Like all problems in life, it's simple. It's like, you know what? You're about to get into a bar fight and it's over nonsense. You walk away. End of fight. But your ego doesn't allow you to do that. And it's the same thing. Everybody has overcomplicated the biology of COVID. It's actually pretty simple. And so thank you for giving me the opportunity uh, of, of doing this and uh, hanging out with you guys. And, and thank you for the great work you do. And, uh, you know, I'm not saying communism is great. Let me just make sure that we're all on the same page. You know, you can like what Putin did to shut down the bio labs and you can still hate me. I don't care. But, but the point is, the enemy, the, the, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. And I look at what's happening in Ukraine as a, necessary, as a necessary step in stopping not just the bioweapons and the labs, but stopping this, this, this mafia environment that's been created. Like the, the, the most evil people in the world, that's their headquarters is in Ukraine. They've literally turned. And Zelensky, that guy is absolutely a piece of trash. I'm going to say it. I'll say it a, a thousand times over and over again. He is a homicidal maniac killing his own people, shutting down true news, and sending out people that were in prison to basically terrorize citizens. I mean, there, there's no excuse. I will never stand on the side of the devil, right? And standing on the side of Ukraine, to me, is standing on the side of the devil. Well, I look at, I, uh, I'll say that I look at, uh, at Zelensky, um, and, and I think about a conversation where, like, two actors could be shooting the breeze, and they could have said, like, I mean, um, uh, Sasha Barrett Cohen, could have said like, man, I, I tried out for that job. Uh, you know, um, they, they said I could be president and you, you got that gig. Good for you. Like he's an actor and a comedian who landed up playing a president and then an oligarch put him in position as the president of a country. But it is not to say that somebody can't become an and go from being an actor uh, to the president because Reagan did it too. But the, uh, the act that, that he's in on and, 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 and what he's been able to do uh, Reagan wouldn't have been able to achieve in the level, uh, in, the, in, the, in the sort of fake media world that we live in. And uh, he is the world's best crisis actor. I mean, I'll, I'll give it to him. I'll give him his applause. And then I'll say, like, stop you. People are dying. People are being chased out of their homes. Yeah. And we should stop, absolutely stop empowering terrorists uh, and, uh, and people that have created a war. I mean, why are we using our taxpayers' money to send, uh, to send the kind of weaponry uh, uh, to terrorists. I mean, the people doing the fighting and the people that are kicking uh, Putin's ass, they, they, they're Nazi terrorists. You know, you mentioned Antifa earlier. I, I've got a great uh, solution for Antifa. Like, we can actually help them with their mission. They are anti-Nazi, right? And, uh, and Putin's fighting the Nazis. That's documented through Congress. Right. Like, literally, right. a few years ago. They said, we can't, send, we can't send these people in the West of Ukraine anything because they're Nazis. Like, that's Congress. That's not me, right? right. So I think, I think that we should make sure that Antifa is deployed to go and fight the, uh, the Ukrainians. I mean, they, they, you know, to go onto the lawn outside a Capitol building somewhere, you know, in your, um, in your um, Halloween costume, goth outfit, 
you know, um, and, 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 you know, and then fight somebody that's arriving um, to defend their country. Well, I mean, that, that's not the real work. Let's put them, let's, let's ship them out. Right in some big military aircrafts, and let's let's drop them, let's deploy them, oh, and then they can go they, fight. They want to fight. Fa- they want to fight Nazis. Let's let them. Yeah, send them. I get it. Yeah, they can go to the West Coast. Anyway, gentlemen, I got to I got to yeah, run. Yeah, Dr. Dalmont, thank you. To say, gentlemen, are you guys gentlemen? Somewhat, sometimes, occasionally, most time. And I've really we have, enjoyed we have a lot of uh, we have a lot of comments just before you go. They're all saying thank you, Dr. Tao. We love you. God bless you. So I just wanted you to hear that. Well, I love them too, and thank you for you know both of you for being amazing and stellar, and thank you to your audience, and uh, I hope to see you again soon. All right, God bless Definitely you. Will. God bless you, Doctor Tao. So we, we got to wrap up. This is the end of the show, um, and and I and I want to I want to say that the more information we get, I did not expect the drop on uh, Ukraine, and I know that some of you might not agree with me when I say that Ukraine is the devil's playground, but it is the devil's playground, and I've been in the devil's playground before. Like I've, I've been all over the world. And so I've seen the devil's playground and Ukraine is number one, a, a country that is responsible and has helped breed out election fraud and help with equipment that is being manufactured that ends up in the United States, like Dominion voting systems happens where that code is written in Serbia, Ukraine and Romania. But just to, to know that all of this stuff is coming together and that all of these people use these words, disinformation, misinformation, they use conspiracy theories. And I have to tell you, there's nothing that's a conspiracy theory about any of this. I now have been diving into this venom uh, conversation and having conversations with doctor friends of mine saying, hey, can you look at the stuff that I'm looking at and tell me if this is actually real information about venom peptides? And the, the, the thing that keeps coming back, I haven't had, I have a couple friends that I put it in front of that have not answered me, but the ones that have have said it's solid science. Now, whether or not it, it, the theory becomes reality, that Joe, that's why they call it science. But the fact that they were doing this for two years and it never came out in the media leads them to believe that there's something really to this and that we do have some sinister evil people in our government that are, that are behind all this. So that's it for this episode of Conservative Daily Podcast. We're going to pray really quick, and I want to include one of our um, listeners in the prayer. Faith is just having a really tough time. So Faith, I said that I would do this, so we're going to pray real quick, and then we'll go through all the the niceties about um, the podcast. So Father God, thank you for the opportunity we have to come together today and to to speak with Dr. Talbron and just get his perspective on uh, a lot of different things, including um, what is happening with COVID-19. Thank you, Father, for the people that are fighting every single day to bring truth to the American people and to help save our nation. Father, thank, us, thank, thank, thank you for the opportunity we have and the blessings that we have in our daily lives that give us the opportunity to be able to afford to fight for you and for our fellow Americans. Please, Father, be with Faith. She's having a tough day today, and I would just tell you to, to give her comfort and to help her that she may... Uh, recognize that that even the worst circumstances, um, uh, they just they fade away, and uh, give her the strength to to have faith um, in you and to see that this uh, temporary issue she's having today um, will get better in the coming days. Father, bless us all as we go about our daily lives, that we may honor you and that we may have the blessings um, that you will afford us. Father, uh, help us that we may fight this fight for our country and that we may fight this fight, not just for our country, but for those people around the world, because as the U.S. goes, so goes the world. Father, we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. 
All right, so if you like this, go to Rumble and hit the Rumble button. And um, actually, you can go a lot of places. But if you're on Rumble, hit the Smash the Rumble button. Um, if you want to find us live, you can see us on conservative-daily.com, um, Rumble, DLive, Clout Hub, and Frank Speech. We're going to be going live on Frank Speech uh, in the, uh, starting, I think, today, hopefully today. Um, we're trying to get some things squared away, but that will be an hour early if it is. Um, if you want to hear us on the audio version, you can go to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Podbean, and Audible. Um, also, if you go there, just give us a five-star review. Um, share it with someone that needs to hear it. And if you need to, a reminder, when we go live, you can text the word FREEDOM to 89517. Two things that I want to tell you to do. One, become a member over Conservative Daily. You can, for as little as $10, uh, you can get access to faxing into Congress and le letters to Congress. We do those fax blasts every single day. And we want to keep the pressure on our congressional leaders. Um, and th then there's the other thing, which is uh, FEC United. We, we did build an entire platform that is launched. Um, you can go to commission.global and find FEC United, or you can become a member at fecunited.com. Greatest part about this is that we're trying to build a uh, the density in the gap across the country with fellow Americans, and this organization, FECUnited.com, which I founded, um, is doing just that. So remember, God's at the wheel, and we know how it ends, right? We know God wins, but we also understand that faith without works is dead, so we must do the hard work collectively together, set aside our petty differences, and get in the fight. Amen. God bless you all. I will see you tonight. My name is Joe Oltman. And I'm Apollo. And we will see you tonight, hopefully at 4, but maybe at 5. Sorry. Until we get we will straight. send out. I'll send yeah. out a blast if we're going early. Uh, so just stay tuned. All right. God bless, God bless you. you all.